What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of the Ninja Starship. This is the day after our one-year anniversary at Liberty Comics yesterday. It was awesome. Will, did you have a good time? Uh, I had a fantastic time. El Fantastico <laughs> time. That's Spanish for the Fantastico. If you go to my Instagram, Will Loves Pizza, you'll see all the awesome time I had. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it was it was pretty much a blast. I, I, I had a great time. Uh, we were there with SourcePoint Press, who happens to be this segment's sponsor. SourcePoint Press publishes books, comic books, and graphic novels, working with both industry legends and new talents on the rise. They strive to bring you the best storytelling in horror, sci-fi, pulp, true crime, and the occult and supernatural. Please check out what they have available in their web store at SourcePointPress.com. Also, by using... Offer code Ninja Star Pod. <laughs> I forgot what the fuck it was called. <laughs> also, by using offer code Ninja Star Pod, all one word, you can receive, you will receive 20% off any order from SourcePointPress.com. Taking pre orders right now for Nora issue two by Casey Pierce. You guys are going to want to check this out. It is one of the greatest indie comics on the market right now. Issue 2 is on the way. Remember, you can save 20% off with offer code NINJASTARPOD. Don't forget to check out their Kickstarter for Classic Pulp. For Classic Pulp, yes, and Holliston. There's all kinds yes. of excellent stuff hanging out right now at SourcePoint Press. They're doing everything. They've these guys are such a well-oiled machine, man. Like, I feel honored to be sponsored by these Yes, guys. it's, you it's know? kind of a point of pride. It is. It's a very point of pride. Like, who sponsors your show? Source Point Press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I break to all my friends. I know them. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, on the show today, joining us is going to be Jay Clark from An Elegant Weapon. And we are going to be talking about all kinds of shenanigans for the next hour. Uh, joining us around 6 o'clock is going to be Josh Dahl and Bob Sally, both amazing independent comic creators and we're going to get into the business of industry and comics and uh, stuff like that so without further ado jess i mean let's let's start this shit 12 11 9 ignition sequence start 6 5 4 3 2 one. Ninja Star! What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Man. You are listening... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. A favorite podcast. It has begun... Oh, yeah! Woo! I am awesome! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Hey, man, I was on a UFO! I really was, man! Hey, your cousin and I, man, he had a bag full of dope, man. We met all these chicks, went to a massage park, and we went on a spaceship. We're in a weed field, man. We got sucked up by the it's so full of blood and tits. Like, what more could you want from a low-budget horror movie? It rules. Well, it eliminates all the other things you don't want. Like story. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I hate to 
break it to you losers, but Han Solo's a bitch. That are alive, you are coming with me. Yeah, I mean, they call me the Gen Egg Jackpot for a reason. Right. Not just because of the athleticism, the big muscles, the cool hair, the good looks. I'm also a really, really smart guy. So, you know, always have a plan. The whole package right here. It's your boy Kel Mitchell, and you're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Come on, get on the Starship. It's going down. Yo, McKnight, let's get it. Yeah! No, seriously, I do, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. All right. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Ten, nine, eight, seven. All right, we are live from Podcast Detroit Studios in beautiful Royal Oak, Michigan. I am joined, as always, by my partner in pod, Mr. Will Blattman. Hey, guys, how's it going? And the Pernator herself, the sexiest operator of the ones and twos, Jess. Hey. Joining us on the Skype lines, host of an elegant weapon podcast himself, Solo Man 5000, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jay Clark. What's up, y'all? How you doing? <laughs> right on. <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome back to the show, man. It's great to have you on, and uh, thanks for joining us and uh, all our shenanigans that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Jimmy, you wouldn't believe the shenanigans that just went down. I'm, okay, I'm ready. Are y'all, re- are y'all ready for this major announcement yes, on the Ninja yes. Starship? Yes, we have a drum roll. Uh, this, have a drum roll? this happened maybe within the last five, <laughs> ten minutes, I believe, but just now... Pokemon Go is officially available in Canada. What? what? That's why literally, we literally, play I just looked at my phone before I hopped on the Skype here, and there it was—a whole bunch of people freaking out that it was available, and that's why the servers are down. Yeah, but that's that, that would explain why the servers crashed here. Yeah, too close to Canada. <laughs> well, what was it yesterday or the day before they released it in like 26 countries? And I was like, what is up? Like, yeah. how are we getting the shaft? Right. You figure we'd be next on the list, but we've had to wait. And it's been it's been hard because it looks like everybody's having so much fun, man. It's it really is just it's a lot of fun, dude. And like a lot of community like we met like yesterday. We uh, after we did the show, Will and I went out uh, with Karen from uh uh, the corner with K Hub show, and we were walking around downtown Roseville, catching Pokemon, meeting up with people. Uh, we met our first Pokey snob. Yeah, we all we all walked out the bar and we just started playing. And we seen this guy like walking down the street, and he's obviously playing Pokemon. And I'm like, Hey, dude, you playing Pokemon? He's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Do you want to play with us? And he fucking <laughs> looks us dead in the face and goes, No. I know. I was like, holy shit, he fucking said no. You could just (laughs) you could just see Jimmy's face get like heartbroken. He was shocked. I I was like, what? I'm like, I I thought this was the community. He must have knew we were on Team Valor. And he was like, Nope, I ain't playing with you guys. All of a sudden you were back on the playground when you were eight years old. Yeah, like, like, oh can't you jerk? You don't want to play with me, you jerk. (laughs) Uh have you started playing yet? No, I am literally as we speak downloading it. Yes. So I am hitting I'm hitting App Store. There's Pokemon Go. Get. 
uh, install. And here it comes. Oh, I got to sign into the uh, the Apple Store. So I shall enter uh, my password. And I'll try to remember not to say it as I type it. <laughs> so I'm in a very dedicated Pokemon uh, Go chat group on Facebook. And all the posts right now is basically... F Canada. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just me. What? We don't get a chance? You guys have had it for like how long? A week or two? Our server's been down for like three hours. Like everyone's oh, going through Pokemon come on, Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your new addiction of Pokemon Go. Well, here's the thing. I have no idea about it. I don't know about, uh, you know, Pokemon in any way. So this is, I'm starting as, a, as much of a blank slate as you could, you know? Uh, so many people are doing that, though. That's the amazing thing about this game is that... There are so many people who uh, don't nothing about Pokemon and are playing Pokemon Go and loving it. Yeah, dude, I didn't watch any of the show, really. Like, I used to host the card game tournaments back when I worked at Toys R Us years and years and years ago. And uh, that was it. And we just had, I had to learn the game just to do that. You know what I mean? But I didn't get into the show really at all. And now that this game has come back out, man, it's like you don't even really, you don't have to get into Pokemon or even know anything about the story to play. It's just, it's fun. Goddamn updating <laughs> payment information. I'll have to do this in a few minutes. <laughs> it's Pokemon Go's free. Why you gotta pay for it? Yeah, what are you paying for? Do you got, uh, is that, I don't can, know. Is that in Canada? not free here. Oh, no. Right. We'll release it to Canadians, but they've got to pay They gotta pay. <laughs> uh, oh, it's saying something about, uh, oh, before you can make purchases. Okay, well, I don't oh, care about okay. that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you might won't. get free health care, but you don't get free Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess you can make in-app purchases. Yes. Yeah, we so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to put my payment info. Well, like, I got a new debit card, right? We have the, I don't know if you guys have the, do you guys have the Visa debit? Uh, we, the only thing new we got is the one that's got the chip in it that you put yeah, in the fucking, okay, okay yeah. you guys are just getting the chip, that's yeah. cool, uh, our, our, He's like, deb- just, yeah, I'll the chip, <laughs> well, wow. we've had it for a long time, and our debit cards now work as credit cards online, mm-hmm. so I can use my debit card online as a credit card, so I got a new debit card, but it's got my old debit card number in there, so we'll deal uh-huh. with that later, but yeah, I'm excited to play. It is, dude. It's it's a lot of fun, and the fact that like, especially because it just started there, like you're gonna start seeing. Dude, watch out for pedestrians. They're not gonna be paying attention. People are gonna be hit by cars. Like, oh, this motherfucker done messed oh. up my shit. <laughs> <laughs> show the movie. We're live. Show the, show the we're live. Show the oh, we're back. We're live. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That is technology at its best. I don't know about best. Well, I, mean, I know. I have good news. That's technology. What's, what's your good news? We are back on the air, and the Pokemon server uh, Go servers are working again. That's uh, what it was. <laughs> Pokemon Go servers shut us down. Yes. That I would believe. All right. I, that gave me a moment to update my payment information, so now it's time for me to choose my style for my adventure. Da, da, da. Yeah. What does that mean? You get, you get to choose the uh, clothing. Boy or you. girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you want to be a boy or you a girl? You get to build your character. And then you choose, like, your shorts you wear, your shirt, your backpack. Yeah, I haven't. I'm afraid to start this because I'm afraid I'm going to get super addicted to it. Yeah, this is already distracting me from podcasting. I'm putting it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, my boyfriend downloaded on his phone yesterday, and we just caught the Pokemon in the backyard. So, like, people wouldn't be walking through our backyard trying to get a Pokemon. 
I don't care, but he's like a cranky old man trapped in a 37-year-old's body. <laughs> is it really that crazy? Like, people are knocking on people's doors because they're in people's oh, backyards yeah, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cemeteries, oh, yeah. cemeteries are loaded with sweet fucking Pokestops, man. Yeah. Like, is it a random generator or is there someone actually deciding where they go? Uh, no, it was all... Will, it was based off what? You told uh, me that the yesterday. The, the, where the Pokestops are and the gyms are based off of Ingress, which is... A, I don't know much about the game, but it's a previous game location system thing made by the same people who Nintendo teamed up with. So that's how the, the Pokemon... But the Pokemon are supposed to be... It's supposed to be kind of random slash, like, they. it's supposed to be built up, like, watery areas, supposed to have more water Pokemon. Supposedly, like, my firehouses are going to be more fire type, but... Yeah, like, there's, some at, there's nocturnal this. ones, there's daytime yeah. ones, there's, you know. Like, when you see these bars and cafes and stuff that I've seen... Uh, you know, advertising that they're a pokey stop. Did they somehow just happen to be a po- pokey stop, or did they somehow get themselves set up as one? Yeah, it, they happen to be one. It, it's, it's based off of pre- a different game. Um, okay, all right. Because the guy who made this and his team did Google Earth, eh? Uh, I think so. Something. What's similar. the guy's name? Like John Hurd or something? But he's been the main guy developing all this GPS technology for years, and. You know, people are calling him an overnight success because of Pokemon. He's like, are you kidding? I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been building towards a stupid game. Like, I had to make Google Earth to make Pokemon Go. You oh, know, like, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, they, yeah. And they introduced that Google did that video like two years ago of showing because there was like two years where there was like a week where you could go to certain locations and you, you looked in your map on Google Map, it would show you a Pokemon. That's what gave him the idea because yeah. they did that, and he was like, "I bet you I could turn this into a game." And that's where it came from. That's so sweet, dude. Brilliant. Yeah. I wish yeah, I, I re- read this article on the Genius. guy the other day. It's yeah, nice. yeah. So, so, so the game's called Ingress, which is it, it's I R I R G E S S. It's, it's Ingress. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And then that's kind of like the game where you you walk around and it just like shows you different locations and stuff. And so all the Pokemon stops are based off of that game. Right on. Because this is like the right backbone on. for Pokemon Go is that game. Well, before we get into the news that we got for this week, let's kind of recap yesterday a little bit. Uh, we did our episode 52 one-year anniversary show live Ooh. from Liberty Comics yesterday. We made it like a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Uh, we had a great turnout, dude. Uh, probably about 50 people throughout the day showed up. Um, a lot of questions about what was going on. A lot of people came in were like, you know, just getting comics and saw us sitting there and were like, whoa, what's what's going on here? You know, um, we had a couple cool visitors come up. Uh, the Detroit Designosaur showed up and, uh, you know, uh, came in and crashed the party a little bit. Yeah, and, that was uh, pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know many other podcasts that have a dinosaur show up. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, and a rad dinosaur at that. Like, it did, it didn't try to bite anybody. It's a super nice dinosaur. <laughs> Very friendly. We were Very surprised. friendly dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But super cool. Loves the show. I didn't know that we, you know, had a dinosaur audience, but I'm so glad that we do. Dude, and that's the demographic you need. Yeah, well, it is, too. I mean, they just, you know, they, they don't really, they can't type. They have too short of yeah. arms. And it's a friendly Dinosaur Tour uh, just goes to different events around town and pr- wants to promote local businesses, promote local events. So it's just awesome. If you have anything coming up, let's hit them up on Twitter. That's awesome. That's yeah. Great. Detroit Dino. Is there a Twitter hit? <laughs> yes. 
That's our handle on Twitter, Instagram, and, and, Facebook. Uh, and Facebook. Yeah, it's one thing I love about Motor City Comic Con every year is the uh, the Scottish tourism booth is always there, and they've got a guy dressed up as Nessie. <laughs> and you can always get your picture with Nessie and he's wearing a kilt and stuff at the con. That's nice. so cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we got uh we were there with Source Point Press doing a uh doing a signing which was super cool. Um they uh they did great. Everybody that came up to the table bought something from Source Point and uh it was uh Josh Werner and Casey Pierce from Source Point that were there with us all day. Um, we were there from 12 to 5. I believe we uh, broadcasted from 2 to 4.15, 4.20, something like that is when we stopped. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was it was a great time. Everybody uh, everybody had good vibes. The store loved us. It's um, a great store. It is. It's a great store. Every, if, you, if you're in the Roseville area or just a fan of comic shops, period, you guys need to go to Liberty Comics on uh, Southbound Gratiot. Just north of 696, and check this store out because it's super clean. It has a great section. They have, dude. Even Josh was like, they have everything here. They have a just, great selection. Well, and my first time at that shop, and at first I was kind of like taken aback by it. But then when I was driving home, I realized I was like, I was like that shop's like a true comic shop because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like like the shop I go to. Um, it's a comic shop, but they also sell a lot of board games yeah. and some card games and a lot of just other really kind of other random stuff. But yeah. Liberty Comics was just comics. It's just yeah. boxes and boxes of comics. And it's just everyone was showing up was just looking through the back issues, looking for certain stuff. It's definitely, if you're a hardcore collector, it's definitely a shop to go to to try to find those missing issues you're looking for. And if, I, I, I kind of got that impression from your pictures from the event because it's a lot like my shop here in Clarkson where it's yeah, they've got like a couple shelves of toys, but it's just bins of comics. It's just old school, musty smelling comic slinging comic shop, you know? That's it too, dude. We even said that. It's the smell of that place. You walk in and it's like fuck yeah. Comics. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just so nice. I mean, it's just there's just comics, comics and comics there. Yeah, they I mean well, they have they have some action figures, you know, like they have a sweet selection and some statues. You gotta but have it's some now. But, 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 yeah, it's, all, but it's, it's all comic it's, figures. Yeah, it's all comic statues. stuff. Yeah, there's nothing. You know I mean? act, there's yeah, there's no no board game stuff like you're saying. Yeah, and, they don't do no uh, no no trading card, card game games. stuff. Nothing like that. It's and, it's and they comics don't do other and like random pop culture stuff. It's just comic yeah. books, you know. Yeah. Which is well, nice. Sometime on one of my trips to Michigan, I want to do a little comic shop tour actually because I, I hear of all these awesome shops in the Michigan area, and it reminds me of home like we're really lucky and spoiled in ontario here we got shops coming out of everywhere but it you know there's it sounds like there's a really lot of decent shops out there yeah there is man and you know they, they all got their own little their own little special thing to offer which is which is really cool about i hear stories from people in other states where they got to drive an hour just to the closest shop and it's like oh nobody should have to go through that right yeah. um all right well you want to uh get into some news will News is always good. All right, news. Let's do the news. If I can get it to work, don't you fuck. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those shows. (laughs) And that was the fucking news. All right, this week in the fucking news. Back to Pokemon Go because we can't talk about news without talking about Pokemon Go. Uh, San Diego Police Department wants Pokemon Go players to be the very best like no one was ever. Uh, to that end, a couple officers blasted the theme song of Pokemon TV show through Balboa Park. 
for players trying to catch them all. So the cops are even getting involved in this. And, like, they realize that it's such a community thing. You know, that they're even supportive. Get the kids out, man. Get them outside. This is a beautiful coming together of technology and all the old farts complaining about kids not playing in parks anymore. Like, it's finally finding a balance. You know what I mean? It's such a great use of technology. It really is, man. And, you know, it's just cool that this... I mean, it really is a community builder. I can't say that enough. Like, and the people that you're meeting, aside from a couple of like the, you know, probably a little bit socially awkward, not wanting to play with you people like we met yesterday. Um, it's everybody's meeting people, you know? I mean, think about how, you know what? It's already been said that the first Pokemon Go baby has already been conceived. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Brings a whole new meeting to a Squirtle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine if we had Pokemon Go when we were kids. Like back in the 80s, if we had Pokemon Go, the places we would have gone and like the extent we would have went to to find Pokemon. Oh, yes. We were we were much crazier, reckless kids back then than they are nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even last night when when uh, we were on our Pokemon hunt, we were contemplating jumping the fence in a cemetery. Yeah. Some Pokestops. Yeah, like, like, they're loaded in there. They're all in there. I'm like, I'm going to jump this fucking fence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Can I ask you, Jimmy, a little off topic, but yeah, very yeah, quickly, you, you guys went out for dinner after the uh, the party yesterday. Yes. And you went to some bar, but you checked in at a bar <laughs> in Mississauga, which is where I live in Canada. People. Well, you know, to be fair, by the Is that t- an accident or were you fooling around. <laughs> no, by, by, the, by the time... I just wanted to play with your heartstrings. Yeah. No, uh, the, uh, the, uh, by the time I checked in to that uh, particular bar, uh, I was really smashed. And <laughs> I had typed in the name of the bar perfectly, and that was the only thing that kept showing up. So I just selected it. I'm like, whatever, we're here. <laughs> yeah, it turns so, out. It's just so crazy that it's like not. It's like literally, it's a 10 minute drive from me <laughs> to go to that exact spot where you tagged in. I know because then you're like, it wasn't hey, what like you the just fuck, man? It was like specifically Mississauga, Mississauga Road. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just, that bar just has the same name as the bar there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. So do continue with the Pokemon. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people are just uh, getting involved and, and, and we're loving it. Like, my fr- this was my first time yesterday when we went out actually running into a group of people playing Pokemon Go. What'd you drop? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> well, it was smart they did it in summer because imagine they'd release this. Oh, yeah, I've thought of that too. Yeah, nobody's yeah, going out down, in wintertime. I guess tonight we'll probably, my kid's at a play date right now. He's off swimming at his buddy's house and my kid is five. And once he gets home, I'm expecting that I'll be having to go out on my uh, first Pokemon hunt later this evening. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then Good after you put that. him to after you put him to bed tonight, you're gonna <laughs> go going out on your head. second one. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta take the dog for a walk, honey. That's it too, dude. Guaranteed. <laughs> I think one of the uh, funniest memes I've seen yes, is a dog yes. laying down and says, "That's the fifth walk today. What the fuck's a Pokemon?" <laughs> 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 oh man alright well we got uh, I do got some it's a, it's a bit of educational trivia I'm gonna ask you guys a question and I want you guys to take your best guess at the answer for our next news story okay you ready for this yeah what do you think a shark's favorite music is jazz music jazz music Jay what do you think Shark's favorite music is 
I'm going to say Wu Tang. Wu Tang? You're both wrong. <laughs> A shark's favorite music is death metal because the beats represent a dying fish in the water. <laughs> so not only is it brutal, that was too obvious. it's brutal. <laughs> sharks are fucking rad. And I got a video here that uh, we're going to listen to and, and uh, talk about as this uh, shark goes after the death metal speaker and how scientific it actually is. They're, this is scientifically backed. So we got these guys. They're on the boat talking about their, 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 their the speaker. It's basically those just, guys here. Are they hunting the sharks? Well, yeah. yes, these guys is hunting the sharks, yeah. And uh, they're showing that they got their speaker hooked up to like a pool noodle, so it's gonna float. <laughs> And uh, some rope so they can, you know, piss the shark off and pull it away and they don't lose their sweet speaker. And uh, basically they're dropping it in the water and they tried a couple different, you know, types of music. But once it got to the actual death metal, here it comes. allows them to hone in on their prey. Oh, let me get, get to it here. It's down in the water now. best music to attract big sharks. Yeah, so they try a bunch of different shit. They try classical, they try acoustic, and then they get to death metal, and the sharks show up like crazy. Well, of course. They're like... Yeah, the guy, even the guy in the tank, he's like, death metal? Really? Dense tones. I was talking here. Death metal? Really? Yeah, dude, like these massive sharks show up. So... We know that Shark's favorite music now is death metal. How sweet is that? Well, you know, it kind of, it almost makes sense because what does death metal kind of come out of? It comes out of a tribal need for this exertion of whatever the hell you're expressing, right? Violence. Violence so, would be yeah, the answer. When it, when aggression. <laughs> when it comes down to the nature of it, you know, it can be brought right back to old tribal drums and crazy, you know, war drums and shit like that, you know, which which is very, you know connected to nature things so I'm, I'm not shocked by this it, it, it seems almost too obvious I know right yeah, you know, like the yeah. most brutal thing that we know of in the ocean loves death metal <laughs> I guess yeah, sometimes it just seems the so most fitting. obvious answer is the right one I guess it's a state uh, a case of that you know I know it does it, like a buddy of mine uh, Justin you guys have heard him come in and out of on the show uh, he was telling me that today he's like oh hey guess what I just learned I'm like what he's like did you know blah blah and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've heard in a while, that a shark's favorite music is death metal. Well, so, you know. the more you know. It was just Shark Week, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, in ju- yeah, yeah uh, mid-July. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. I bet ago. you he learned that on Shark Week. <laughs> Probably <I've> did. <laughs> yeah. It's not that astonishing then, fucking Justin, you cheater. <laughs> <laughs> cool, It's got to be man. much more random to reach Cliff Clavin levels, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, so, I think that's, that's all we got for... Uh, uh, actual, actual news. You want to get into some uh, WWE news, Will? Always, <laughs> it's a big week, WB. It is. It's a very, very big week in WWE. So, uh, come on, bumper for WWE. Here we go. <laughs> Shit. All right. A certified G and a bona fide stunt. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheel of dealing. And you can't. All right, this week in WWE News, 
The brand split is pretty much official. It happens this week. We're going to find out what we we found. All right. I didn't. I watched Raw where Vince McMahon named Shane in charge of SmackDown and he named uh, fucking Stephanie Stephanie. in charge of Raw. But they have to pick general managers. Yes, but now they have to pick GMs. Um, Who do you think – who would you guess is going to be Shane's GM and Stephanie's GM? So Shane's – pretty much there's been a rumor going around that they inadvertently acknowledged that Daniel Bryan's going to be the SmackDown GM, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, He's doing a lot of work for him. him. People dude. still love him. Yeah, um, and they're, they've been kind of transitioning him into this role, anyways. Mm-hmm. They got him on the cruiserweight championship. They had him on Tough Enough, so it makes sense. The really big question is who would be um, Stephanie's GM? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody really wants to work with her. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it, it, there's no one really on the main roster. So they would probably have to – probably be someone br- coming back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to bring back someone who's already been a GM because it kind of goes against – No, I don't want anybody. That's uh, or, or, you know, or at least it, if they do bring back, it'll be someone who's – I think it's going to be a former wrestler. Um, Lita? <laughs> possibly. I didn't think about her, but she'd be a good choice. Yeah. Uh, I Coco guess, I beware. Coco beware. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a good chance it's going to be Edge or Christian. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good guess. So I would really love to see Kurt Angle. Can I ask a question? Sure, yeah. When did SmackDown and Raw join together? Uh, well, they didn't really join together. Uh, they were kind of they were doing the separate shows. The big thing about SmackDown now is that it goes live this Tuesday for the first time in like what sixteen years or some shit. The first time it's ever actually been gone live, live like a weekly, live show, live weekly. Oh, every, SmackDown like, was never live. No, it was always it, it was, recorded. Every once in a while, they would do like a special like. A special something big's happening, so they, they would go live for like one episode. But this will be the first time that's ever live consistently every week. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet. And like they're doing, you know, uh, the brand split where they're going to have stars in each one. And tomorrow night is the night where it, it's the draft. Tomorrow night, correct? To where they're we're going to no, find the first SmackDown is the draft. Oh, the first SmackDown. Yeah, is the draft. Doing, okay, okay. Because they, they name general to. managers tomorrow. Yeah, and then they do, they have the actual draft, draft on SmackDown. And you I remember that, when though. they had the first draft when it yeah. started. Me too. It was yeah. so like weird. They and them, everyone's hoping they won't make the same mistakes with that draft because that draft they broke up every tag team and just made it just ruined a lot of careers. Got set back because of that draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to really have to uh, be careful because this draft can, you know, make or break a lot of these stars. And then a lot of it comes to WWE creative and if they're going to be writing correctly for these stars. Because, I mean, look, look at we, we've seen it over and over and over again how many wrestlers suffer who are who are fantastic performers, but they suffer because the storyline sucks because the writers don't like the guy or they don't have any or, or it's just a bad writer and he doesn't know how to put that person in the storyline properly. So they end up suffering in their own career or booking like look at the Wyatt family. Yeah. Like, over the last year, WB creative has just destroyed the Wyatt family. <laughs> yeah. They built them up and then they had them lose every major pay-per-view. And to me, man, like I don't know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the Wyatt family at all. Like, I, I get what they could be, and I get like, I get that they're trying to like almost save them now with this thing with New Day that they were doing, where New Day was actually scared, and they went to their compound. And yeah, that, that was, was so fucking dumb. lame, dude. It was, was so that. lame. Yeah. I don't, did you get a chance to check that out, Jay? 
by any chance? No. Okay, I'll send you a I'll send you a link to this thing just so like when when we talk later you can understand what the fuck we're actually talking about with this thing because dude like it was I've like been trying i've been really trying lately yeah. because you know especially you know hanging with you so much you guys are also into this and i used to be hardcore into wrestling mm-hmm. and then after the attitude era i could just it never connected for me anymore so yeah. i've been really trying and there's some things i like but there's some things i just i still cannot get over mm-hmm. like like you can't teach that <laughs> I fucking love that. that. Be so huge when it's got to be one of the lamest wrestling catchphrases in the history of wrestling. <laughs> like it's, it's not intimidating. It's not. It's not pompous enough. It's not. Do you know what I, I mean? It, it's not Mr. Perfect level enough that uh, it's conceited, and it's not badass enough that it's just plain as like Stone Cold says so. It, 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 no, it, but it, you know it's what I mean. The, it's the way they say yeah, it. Yeah, it's how and, they say and it. It's the promos they cut with it. Yeah, that's it, it's their attitude. Like that's their whole gimmick is basically that catchphrase. Yeah, it totally how do you fits. Guys feel, Enzo though, about the conceit. Like when you got a conceited wrestler, like a character who's supposed to be like one of those super pompous wrestlers. I just feel like there hasn't been anybody in so long to reach the levels of Macho Man to reach the levels of Mr. Perfect. Let's see. Like, I, I think Razor Ramon. I think those guys. I think I think Seth like, Rollins is getting there. And he's getting there in his own way. He is, but it's not at that level. We're just, I'm so, like, those fucking guys came in and just sold it. Like, you were graced to even be in their presence. Yes. And, like, the sound of their name sent trembles up your body. You know, like, your name, like Arsenio Hall, when he has Macho Man on the fucking interview. And he asks him, he's like, your name is macho and randy savage goes Ooh, and just shakes like the fucking sound of the yeah, name yeah, was yeah. you know what i mean and it's just it, it's yeah. nobody has that anymore but you're right seth rollins out of all of them is the one that's kind of yeah. reaching back well, to that jericho's got it i think oh, yeah, fucking jericho. jericho yeah he rules Jericho's jericho when he's doing his hardcore hill gimmick has it yeah um, i love jericho he's mm-hmm. fucking a great performer great performer he's a good guy i've heard him on a lot of podcasts he's a really you know He's a well-spoken, intelligent dude. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's really down-to-earth, too. Really gives back to fans, too. Well, like, I mean, he's Canadian and all. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helps him be nice and shit. He's done a lot of TV hosting gigs. He just hasn't landed that big one yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's his uh, his his band tours here a lot, especially Fozzie. out west? Yeah, Fozzie. Fozzie. Foz- yeah. 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 I didn't like them at first. Oh, I was not a fan of Fozzie. At I haven't first. heard much. This, I was this, like, "This fucking shit is garbage." And then, like, I just heard a couple songs that he actually played on his podcast about it. And I was like, "All right, they got, they got, they got pretty good." Like, it's 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 bar band, but it's good bar band. <laughs> and yeah. wouldn't you agree that the best lines, the best like taglines, come naturally that the fans attach to? Like the ones that aren't meant to be, like a lot of like Stone Cold and The Rock, and in those days, those lines, like they tried a lot of them, and certain ones would catch on. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, they, they, it feels like they come in too loaded. Like I've got this line, I'm going to do everything in my power to make it the chant. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, like, like the, the a good example of that not happening was was uh, Daniel Bryan because the yes thing. I don't think he ever meant that to turn into what it did. Oh, yeah, and to carry on even after he's gone. Yeah, organically, naturally, it became this thing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, and and you can't even plan for those. You're right. You can't plan for those. Shit like that just, it just happens and sticks. 
Seeing know. the Dudley Boys come back a bit ago was really exciting. That, that yeah, they're doing a great out. job at, at really putting you know putting some new guys over because you know they are they're they're the Dudley Boys. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. It's I nice for, having I, them I, back. Well, I love having them back, but I thought for sure they're going to put the belts on them pretty quickly, and so now it makes me wonder. Because I, I feel like once they get the belts again, that's probably going to be their last run, and they're going to finally retire. You think so? Yeah, I mean they're both getting up there, and they both, you know, Devon was pretty much retired um, for for a while, and he came back for WWE. Right on. Uh, that's that's all. Oh, you had you had one more thing for WWE news. It's, well, it's Cody not, Rhodes. Yeah, it's not really WWE news. Whatever, anymore, dude. He left, he's not with the Fine. company. Fine. All right, anymore. hold on. Let me let me but do. Uh, let me. It's wrestling news. It, all right. Yeah. All right. Here. Hold on. I tell you what. This is what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna go back to regular fucking news. <laughs> All right, goddammit. Now, Will, tell your story. <laughs> uh, Cody Rhodes has posted some photos of him training and working out, and he's wearing a jacket that says Cody Rhodes uh, Season 5 Arrow, and then it's him doing the uh, that ladder thing that... The Albert, salmon ladder. The salmon ladder that Queen's always doing. Uh, he posted a picture I of him I don't doing see that. what the big deal is. I could fucking salmon ladder <laughs> one level. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be our next Facebook Live video. Is just you doing that. doing the salmon ladder? I'll get it up. I'll get it up one, dude. I'll, I'll get it up well, one and be like, "You ain't so, got so, nothing." So what we do is it will be a, a mid shot of you, and we, you you get one, and then we'll pull the camera back and we'll see that you're standing on boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Either that or like I'll get too high and I'm like I'm afraid to get down. <laughs> I, I, I don't don't do. JB, just let go. There's it's all, too high. Holy <laughs> shit, dude! We should look up salmon ladder accidents on YouTube. Oh. I guarantee you, there's some great ones of people trying to be Oliver Queen <laughs> and they fucking biff it hard. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I wanted ladder. to ask you guys too because yeah. this is kind of both crossway news. Does the Brock Lesnar UFC doping scandal affect the WWF in any way? The sorry, official, sorry, WWE in any way. The, the official statement I've seen from WWE was saying it's, it's lame duck. They was, say was, saying, was saying like he hasn't competed with us since this date, and he's not scheduled to compete again until this date. Like, yeah, that's they, it. they basically are just like it's yeah, not our problem. Not our right problem now. right yeah, now. We don't care. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> he can do what he wants. <laughs> So wait, wait I, I, uh, I I must have missed that because I didn't hear. Uh, he got flagged for potentially having cheated in the yeah. last UFC 200 there, oh, and because of he's some under investigation yeah. for that. They're doing a B test, and if it comes back positive, he's in trouble on the UFC side. Mm. But on the WWE side, does that affect his fans? Does that affect his spot? Because. I mean, you know, these are two giant organizations who've pretty much pinned everything on this one dude's back. And he's, you know, one side's kind of getting screwed out of it. Does this leak over and affect how WWE fans maybe look at him, you think? Or you think they're just, they don't give a damn. He's just I don't think they, Yeah, I really don't think they care. I think, I, I think, bigger the better, and you're, you're making WWE fans happy. I think, I think for the most part, most WWE fans kind of just assume most of those guys are using some sort of performance drug. Um, and it's just not it, – it doesn't matter as much for, like to fans, I think, because it's more about the the story, story. and the performance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Even though it, uh, I know that – Was gets... it Reigns who just got popped? 
Yeah, he got popped because they were like, the oh. wellness program? Yeah, so, yeah. so, like so what, did? what did he ever end up doing? What was it? The, the, the big rumor is that he took E. Yeah, they don't uh, tell uh, you. WU doesn't normally say what it is. It's The wellness policy just covers any form of drug, whether it's recreational or performance enhancement drug. Right. That was me. Sorry. Oh. Too lame. Too lame. <laughs> Too lame. So it's, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean, for a while there, and it's been well documented when steroids, steroids were legal in the, the early 80s and 70s, Vince was encouraging his wrestlers to take them. And then he had that big scandal in the late 80s, and that kind of, you know, changed everything for them. All right, because Vince just happened to get that gargantuan in the 90s because he decided to work out more than ever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that period of time where, like, in between, like, 2001, 2003, Vince goes from, like, Vince size typical to guy to all of a sudden dude. bigger than Stone Cold. Yeah, he was And making, huge. making the Hulk Hogan look bad in the ring, you know? Yeah. You, you see his, like, like, 2003, 2004, him on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, you're like... This guy spends all day in an office. And the one he just <laughs> did, man, where he had like the chains around oh, his yeah. neck and shit. And he's just this massive dude, and Triple H is like, I can't I, even hang with yeah, him. Yeah, I don't, I don't have work out with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did you, anybody see Central in, uh, Central Intelligence? I did. It's great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best, but I, I was really like, like, because The Rock starts off as this certain character. You think he's kind of faking it, mm-hmm. and I thought, then he ends up being that actual type of character yeah. for the whole movie. And I thought he did a great job. You guys want to uh, get into some movie reviews? Sure. All right, let's get into some movie reviews. Okay, we're in the Silver Screen Showdown. Central Intelligence starring Kevin Hart and The Rock. James. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, thought- it was good. It was better than I thought it would be. Uh, I know it was probably even better than I think it was because I saw it as a second movie at the drive-in after Tarzan. Oh, okay. And I loved Tarzan. Like I, that just took me back to being a kid, reading those books, having my grandpa tell me the stories. Like I was a huge, huge Tarzan freak as a kid. Yeah. And I just loved everything about that movie. I thought it was so good. And then Central Intelligence was second. So you know, you're what four or five dubs in. You're tired. And I stuck. <laughs> Oh, uh, we used to have this radio personality here called Tarzan Dan. Yes. And he would just play that like over and over again. It was like, the <laughs> like radio shit you ever heard. But uh, but yeah, and I, I, you know, we sat through it and we enjoyed it to to the end. So, you know, it was uh, it was it was good. It was a decent movie, man. Right on. Uh, yeah, rock Rock was funnier than Kevin Hart. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that's kind of the character was meant to be, I think. I just yeah, so it, it took me it took me a while though to, to get to start believing the rock because I thought for sure he was faking it. His, me too. You know, and there was that there was one point in the movie where I kind of felt like he slipped out of character and became the the rock that you're used to seeing. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be the big reveal that he was. And there was a slight reveal that he was faking some of what he was doing. Yeah, but right. overall, he was just kind of this antisocial, little socially awkward guy. 
So I just love the fact that he had a fanny pack the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, shots! Let's do shots! Yeah, but I, I, mean, I, I do think the whole movie is truly summed up in uh, in the poster tagline, the a little heart and a big Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I haven't seen Central Intelligence yet. Um I, wait, do we even – should we even – Jay, did you see Ghostbusters? No. Okay, we, we don't have to touch that yet. Well, we can touch it. I okay, mean, you want to touch it? Kinda, well, I'm just saying it, it's, it's kind of untouchable, I'd say. <laughs> just, just, come on, I just want you to touch God, it. God, just please. one just, time. Just, just the tip. Please. <laughs> it's prom night. Just touch it. <laughs> Jess, you're so quiet, and then you laugh when we ta- start talking about – so tell me about your first anal experience. I mean, how did that <laughs> – well, it was in the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. It and- was really awkward. <laughs> it really was. It was actually with my ex-husband. And I was like 18 because, you know, I was stupid enough to get married when I was young. <laughs> I love how you really go into this. You're like, well, actually. Share. Uh- <laughs> and then you tried to do it and I was like, eh, 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 it hurts. I don't like it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to skip that. But like, he forgot nope. to use lube, so you can't just go in there all. Yeah, and, and, oh, and you yeah, can't right. exactly broke back mountain yeah. hand fucking loogie it we were all and then just yeah go to that, like, that's not sexy i don't, I don't care know. what they do on porn yeah, nobody every, wants you spitting on their privates that. okay every porn does that just, but that's when they clip and like there's either that yeah. or there's another guy that comes in with like that ketchup bottle of lube and he's like yeah, yeah exactly the and then boom everything's wet and you're like mm, that's ironic i know like why are you so fucking shiny both of you you're so shiny <laughs> they're like cut okay and go um, well, speaking of sex, uh, I watched the movie I watched was this morning on Netflix uh, called Deathgasm. Yeah, what's that about? It's amazing. It's it's set in New Zealand. It sounds like a softcore porn. It, it no, it's really Actually, hardcore. It's, yeah, it sounds pretty hardcore. It's, it's a, like uh, murder. It sounds it, like murder porn. <laughs> it's, Do people get through, killed but, through anal sex? It, it just sounds uh, <laughs> one guy gets a chainsaw rammed up his asshole. Yeah. Oh. It just sounds like one of those titles you would see on Skinamax where they don't show any penetration. It's just all boobs. Does <laughs> <laughs> take you? Has anyone seen Sleepaway Camp 2? No. No. Oh, Sleepaway Camp 2. The girl is showering, and while she's showering, she's got her curling iron heating up on the side table. And the murderer comes in and grabs the hot oh, I don't uh, like curling iron and oh. where he places Yeah! I knew it. Susie, like, he grabs it, and I'm like, oh, no, it's going yeah. there. And that was her first anal experience. <laughs> Sleep away camp one and two, kids. Those are some of the... I'm going to go ahead and skip that one. one. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're fucking hardcore. I'll have nightmares all night of people putting curling irons in my hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> be awful. Dave just randomly walks in like, Hell what? Fucking- <laughs> what are you talking about? So, uh, <laughs> Deathgasm, it's about... About these two, these two metal guys, they're in New Zealand, and they, uh, they, the one guy's kind of like, you know, he's got this chick he really likes. He's like the skinnier dude. He doesn't really, he gets kind of picked on and shit, and he wants, you know, he wants to be powerful, like anybody who's in that situation does. Yeah. You know, they want what they can't or don't have, and he, uh, they, they do some, you know, digging around and find this like satanic music that summons demons and gives the the player of the music ultimate power, and like the guys, the so basically it, everything they've ever accused metal music of being and doing. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And the guy, uh, his his best friend's like, 
their their band's name is Deathgasm, and he's like, you know what we should do with this? And he's like, what? He's like, we should turn this into a Deathgasm song, <laughs> and uh, they end up playing it, and you know they 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 uh, get most of the townspeople uh, possessed, and they go on this killing spree of like instead of it being zombies, which is such a great change, it's these possessed demons that come around and they've got like teeth in their eyes and shit, and Hello. these guys just find random objects and start just fucking these things up, man. Like one dude's got two chainsaws on his hands. One guy's got like a katana. Bruce and Campbell did that. I know, but these guys good got two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really, really good. Uh, all the death scenes are super, super brutal. Um, the, one dude gets his head ripped off Predator style with the spine cord coming right out. I mean, nice. like, they did a great Ooh, nice. job. The, and it's, dude, it's practical as can be. The, I don't, I didn't see hardly any digital effects. It is straight up just cosmetic and 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 just gore everywhere. It's it's awesome. It, it's so funny because the big studios think that we want to see that digital stuff, but it's, no, everyone loves no. The practical. Effects. Get a bottle of blood and some CO two and just. Boom. Shoot it everywhere. It's coming back around. With, uh, it's coming Daniel back Phillips around. When we were at uh, Motor City Comic Con, Mighty Chance. With who? Daniel Phillips. Daniel Phillips. No relation. No. So he's a guy. He was on uh, Face Off, uh, okay. that TV show. And he, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's a practical effects guy. Yeah. He did uh, The Hobbit. He did all the or- like. He was like the main guy for the orcs. Yeah. Um, but he's like a practical effects dude and runs a studio and a training facility out of, uh, I forget exactly, uh, east side, like St. Clair Shores, mm-hmm. Roseville, somewhere in there. Um, but that's like, that's his bread and butter. That's what he does. Phenomenal, phenomenal. He was the guy, laughably, I, I had to point out to him that all the little cute girls that he had running around at Motor City Comic Con um, wearing his URL, yeah, which is uh, dpstudios.net. <laughs> <laughs> Might have gotten taken a different direction. Oh, yes. that's, that doesn't mean what I think it it's, means. I don't think that means it's, what you think it means. Yeah, uh, yeah. What is a plethora? <laughs> <laughs> Very deceiving. That's uh, that's Dave Phillips, by the way. He's uh, he's joining us. I'm just wandering from studio to that studio. That happens. To make sure that's okay. Because we know we have all three studios running, which is always a fun time. Success. Here. Awesome. Right now, it sucks less. That <laughs> it sucks less. It, it sucks less. I'm not gonna lie. Very cool. Um, all right, we're gonna take. So, uh, hey, is my picture on the yesterday? wall yet? What did you already talk about yesterday? Yeah. Yes, we, we did. Okay. Yes, we. Do you want to talk about yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yesterday was on. a ton of fun. It, it was. was it was it was a good time. I, I always love the whole remote broadcast thing. I think Liberty had a great time with it. Yeah, I, uh, and like you could say, you pulled in. I bought a shit ton of comics yes. yesterday. Yes, because um, that's what. It, and, and and so I hit you up right beforehand. So for like for anybody who happens to ever check it and the d dot com out, um, our most read story ever um, <laughs> is uh, what taking my daughter to a comic book store taught me. And it wasn't the greatest of stories, and I never like named Name them. them. But yeah. it turns out that that's the stu- that's the comic book. And, and I'm I'm pleased to say their selection has vastly improved. Oh, it's yeah. much different, and it's it's a cool cool place. Yeah, and they got they got knowledgeable staff in there. Yes. you know, like there's a guy in the back who just stays in the back back there and sorts comics. And Gail's like. Seriously, this dude is like the Merlin of comic knowledge. I forget, like he I knows his, everything. I forget the name. Uh, like the big fat blob thing uh, in Blade Two, 
uh, that was decrypting the blood. Oh code. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. like that's um, the, that's the, the guy, the, <laughs> arch- the archivist. Like that's like that's whatever. There's a guy in the back room at the comic book shop. That's just oh, immediately what comes to mind. That's him. Yep. Keep the lights down. He doesn't right. like sunlight. It's all good. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to have Josh Dahl on Skype as well and uh, try to get a hold of Bob Sally. We'll be right back with more on the Ninja Starship. Hello, kiddies. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. <laughs> In a world where podcasts are here one day and gone the next, the people call on one man to bring them a show that would save the planet as we know it. This is not that guy. From Podcast Detroit and the Points of Interest Podcast Network comes a show that talks about Power Rangers, the macho man Randy Savage, movies and TV shows, comic books and more. Brought to you by the host with the most, Jimmy McKnight. The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight is live 5 o'clock on Sundays on Podcast Detroit. Email the show, ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Incoming transmission. Hi, this is Ciara Hannah, the Yellow Super Megaforce Ranger, and you are listening to Ninja Starship. Okay, who do I got on the Starship lines with me here? Jay's still here. Jay's still here. All right, sorry, we're trying to get everybody else connected here on Skype. Uh, I'm still here. Josh! This is Josh. Hey, Josh, you're there. Bob, are you here? No Bob yet. No Bob. We've got, no Bob. We've got Josh and Jay. What about Bob? <laughs> I feel like I saw Bob. We're, try- we're, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. Eventually here. How's it guys? How's it going, guys? Welcome to the show. It's great to be Good here. To be here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. We're trying to fucking make this work at the same time. Anyway, it's all right. Jim, Josh, so distracted. So, yeah, Josh, how's yeah, it going? Thank you. Yes. What's, what's new, up? Josh? <clears throat> successful, new? Uh, successful Kickstarter stuff going on, sir. Yes, that was uh, quite amazing. Super amazing. Uh, oh, I think Bob might have popped up. Bob, are you there? I, did, I think I'm here. Oh, oh, shit. It works. We've got him. It's alive. <laughs> I, was, I, was on my, see, I was on my computer, and then all of a sudden my phone started ringing. I was like, oh, nice. All right, we'll do it this way. All right. I'm glad I got all of you here. We are here. We are here. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Ninja Starship. Uh, this segment is what, – what are we at? Segment three? Sure. Yeah, segment pretty three. much. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, joining us, we have comic creator Bob Sally, uh, comic creator Josh Dahl. They are here to promote their projects, and we are going to talk a little bit about the independent comic industry and what it actually takes – to become an independent writer and a successful one at uh, who's fucking shuffling around? <laughs> <laughs> who's having an episode? <laughs> Hello? Hi. Okay. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> 
We're, we're live. No <laughs> Gotta big deal. Gotta love live radio. Yeah. You guys right? are gonna. You guys might have to get some sort of like exorcism performed on this studio. <laughs> what? What is that what, noise? What are you doing to your computer? <laughs> Bob, are you okay over there? I'm gonna lay down on my floor. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's better. Yes. All right, don't don't move. Don't, don't move. move. <laughs> can, can we all lay down on the floor? Can that be? Yeah, if you, you want to lay down on the floor too, go right ahead. Oh shit! I've been lying on the floor for an hour now. Oh, right on. <laughs> Everything okay? Vitals are good. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Okay, let's get on with this. Uh, Josh, what is the name of your comic? My comic is Rapid City Below Zero. Bam! Rapid City Below Zero. What is the uh, the premise of this story? It is what I call a supervillain noir. Ooh. It's a revenge story set in the supervillain community in a fictional city called Rapid City. Bob. I'm here. <laughs> I, I've, I've, read, I've read Josh's story. It's great. Fantastic. Uh, what is the name of your comic? Salvagers. Salvagers. Yes, plain and simple. Salvagers. It's a, it's a crew that goes out into space and they they collect salvages. They wrecks, uh, wrecked ships, wrecked uh, space stations, anything they can get their hands on, so they can make a buck. So at the end of the day, they can retire on some sandy beach in some alien world. Right now, but it's a hostile galaxy, so you never know what they're going to run into. So you guys have both created something that is is. I mean, each one of you are creating a lot of buzz uh, with with each one of your projects. What are some of the challenges that you guys have found uh, being an indie comic creator as far as, like, finding inspiration for ideas and actually sitting down and writing the scripts out? Whoever wants to take the lead on that, go ahead. For me, there's no... I always let Josh go first. All right, Josh, you can go go first. first. Thanks, Bob. Um... (laughs) I I have, I have no shortage of ideas. That's um, I take anything and then relate it to my real life. Um, a, a buddy of mine was just talking about wanting to do a comic with me. Uh, a good artist who I know. He's uh, actually the colorist on the covers of Rapid City Below Zero, and we're he was he wants to cut loose a little bit, and so he's. I'm sorry. I'm going down a whole different road here. That's you okay. were asking about. Where I get my ideas. Basically, everything comes from my own life. I can't write about something unless I figure out how it relates to me. Yeah. So basically, I take whatever the whatever crazy concept the beginning is and bring it back to my own real life. Right on. What about so, you, I think Bob? Josh, Josh was about to – Oh, shit. We lost everybody. <laughs> It's one of those days. It's one of those days. days. Hold on. (laughs) We're going to get everybody right back here. Hey, hi, everybody. (laughs) Uh, 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 Skype. Skype. Um, Skype. Yes, Bob, you were saying. So sorry for the interruption. Uh, No, that's okay. Um, Talk about me. Bob said, Josh is always, and then boom. Boom. So Josh is is always looking for a way to plug something else he's doing. That is true. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we love Josh for that. It's funny. I, I, I love what Josh does. And uh, sometimes I think Josh is the only person that can get away with the things that he does. Uh, <laughs> if, if I tried to do what Josh does, people would look at me and they'd be like, are you serious? Josh <laughs> does it. And Josh does it. And people are like, all right. Like, yeah, this is so I, I, I okay, love I Josh. I believe you, but you, I, I need an example. I need at least something where you're like, what the fuck is he doing? Well, most people. What, Sorry, most people who meet Josh within about five minutes, you're like, okay, this guy's way smarter than I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the general yeah. impression. But, but, you, but you, you say that with your head cocked to the side like a, you know, a confused <laughs> puppy. You're like, is he smarter than me? <laughs> I think he is. But, like, you know, like, I, I love, like, you know, Facebook Live. You know, everybody does Facebook Live right now. Uh, and it's fun. And it's not like, you know, people doing it. And it's irrelevant. Uh, people do it for what they do it for. And I think that everybody has their own shtick. And, uh, you know, I love even like when a cosplayer does it, talks about, you know, how they're building it. But Josh does it as a test. Josh does Facebook Live and is like, All right, I'm just doing this as a test. Uh, I'm not really in here to say anything. Just want to see how it looks. I want to see, you know, if this is a good angle. And, you know, and people watch and people comment. So I'm like, you know, he just conned us all into watching him do a test of uh, facebook live so um josh is a he's he's a genius all right now hold on let me throw that back to bob because i did that test and then bob commented just put the phone down in a stable position and, and i was like oh okay that's what i should do and then, well he was, he was yeah he was taking us for a tour around his house so yeah and i realized yeah facebook live doesn't work for that but uh, when i put it down in a stable position it's looking up at me and that makes me look fat so I had to figure a way to put it up high so it looks down on me. So I look that's skinny. That's a much more flattering oh, yeah. angle. That that that's that's what all those chicks on POF do. They take that that upper angle shot. So yeah, it's you more deceiving. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy, I know you study this shit, Jimmy, because whenever you watch Jimmy doing a Facebook live and say he's like showing you the hotel room or something, his angle's perfect. He's got that thing up. His arms he's got stretched the fish out. Lens on there. Yeah, he's got himself like all perfectly like proportioned in the corner. You know. And he's like just <laughs> stiff arming the whole room's view. It's beautiful. You guys, you guys are, people have you have a good side and a bad side, and and Jimmy knows where his is. I know hey, it's, it's on both stupid. sides. You, you guys don't see it, but Jimmy usually spends about forty five minutes prepping them. I do. It's not. It's not the first selfie. You got to take at yeah. least. 30 oh. to 45 good ones before you get that perfect lighting and everything. So there's an art to it. Absolutely. And, and, and then you got to put it in chrome. You know, you got to you got to Oh, you got to give yeah, you got to give it the filter. Especially like I'm a big yeah. fan of the high contrast selfie. I think it really right. shows off the you know the 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 good features of your face. <laughs> so we were talking about inspiration and uh, I'm glad that we went to my face. Uh, that's 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 pretty good. <laughs> Um, I always get inspired when I see your face. Thank you, Bob. Uh, but we were, t- you know, I'm glad that you brought up. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up Facebook Live um, because you know it, it is it is a very good tool, especially when you're trying to promote yourself and promote what you're doing out there. Because it's not always you know your viewership during; it's how many people see the video after you've done it, which you're gonna where you're gonna get more and more and more viewership from because right. only so many people are gonna be notified that you're live. Only so many people are gonna be able to watch while you're live but is once the video's done how many i mean how many people are going to see it it's 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 unknown it just keeps going and going and going forever well i'll tell you and there's a there's a i mean i've learned everything i possibly could about facebook and anytime there's something new 
Um, I, I just want to be a sponge and I want to learn as much as I can because it's pretty much the only thing that I don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to pay for my artists. I have to pay for letters. I have to pay for production, pay for the prints. Uh, but in advertising, you know, I'm not going to pay for advertising if I can get advertising for free. And the whole point of Facebook and social media is, uh, you know, knowledge is power. And, and if you can learn how to use these uh, social media avenues and then you can you can really reach a lot of people and you could do it for free. Uh, so when you do Facebook Live, you know you get say you do Facebook Live, you get a hundred people viewing it and you get twenty people that comment on it. Uh, a little secret for those listening: don't comment on everybody at the same time. Uh, you know, go back. You know, like maybe the next day, go back and comment on a few people because then that'll go into Facebook and it'll show people like Bob Sally commented on this. And it'll right. pop that Facebook Live feed back into their feed. Yep. Uh, and then you wait a couple more days, you know, maybe the next day, comment on another person's comment, you know, saying thank you or answering them. And I always try to get back to people uh, with their questions, but I do it in such a way that, all right, now, maybe you're not on Facebook now, but if I put it, if I comment on it two days later, it might end up in your feed. Uh, and then you could actually see the views going up. Um, so there are, I mean, there's, there's so many different little secrets out there of how to reach people. Um, you know, if you put Facebook live out there, it might not reach everybody, but through the course of, you know, know, whether if you do it right, it could be within a month, like you could still be reaching people with, I could go on my Facebook page right now and I could comment on one of my videos and I guarantee that it's going to come up in, you know, some of my people that I'm friends with, it's going to come up in their feed. Right, and then hopefully they watch it all over again and share it and comment on it. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it is. It's a great tool. Uh, it's a great tool because it. It's. I mean, we're talking live on the you know on the radio and the podcast right now. Um, Facebook Live. I mean, that really brings fans and friends into the forefront of what you're doing because they comment and you comment right back, and it's that instant gratification of oh my god, like I just typed something on while he's talking about this that or the other thing and he answered me on facebook live and it's really a wild thing right it's a wild thing to do as the person who's doing the facebook live and it's also i mean i watch facebook lives all the time and it's a wild thing to comment and see like that person answer you right there and there well yeah because you've caused you now you've caused interaction with the person people love when there's that you know that that self gratifying instant interaction like you're talking about you know that that yeah. adds a lot to it and you know you're also bringing people in to like okay yes you have you have your comic projects I have my podcast people hear you talk about it they they can hear me talk constantly but when you do the Facebook Live you're now bringing them into a much more personal. Um, uh, experience uh, with what, what we you know with what your project is, and people love that. They it's just like you know when when you have those uh, them blogger um, websites that are more like they're like an open diary. People love that. People are nosy by yep. nature, and they want to get more involved in the things that you're doing. So having these these tools at your at your dispense now, it's it's amazing. Like Facebook really changed the game when they brought Facebook Live because of the promotion. I mean, they just gave you the power to literally make your own infomercial as as many times as you want over and over and over again. Absolutely. You got to you got to feel bad for Periscope though cuz they literally took the <laughs> oh, exact they, yeah, model they killed it. And they put it on a platform where you've got a built-in audience already. Yes. So, you know, of course that's going to totally take over the whole day. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably Mark Zuckerberg probably tried to buy 
Periscope, and they probably said no, and he's like, oh, I'll just do it myself. I'll do it myself, and I'll and, do it better. Yeah. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> and it enables something really cool like Josh is doing with his Kickstarter is that when you pledge, you get – kind of membership into this exclusive little kind of Facebook club where you can see things going on, but I should let Josh talk Yeah, yeah, about let's that. talk about that, Josh. Oh, you mean the uh, Rapid City exclusive studio? The exclusives, <laughs> yes. yes. Let's yeah. get the exclusives. Um, I call Okay, so it was originally the Rapid City open studio, where when my artist Sean Langley and I collaborate, we do it through Facebook. We do it out in the open on Facebook, so that if there's a panel wrong or something needs to be fixed or whatever. Sean doesn't send that artwork to me via email. He posts it on Facebook. So then I see it on Facebook. Readers see it on Facebook. Anyone sees it right there. And our back and forth about how, like, well, this panel should be like this. and This page should be like that. That all happens right out in the open. Now, to make it special for our backers, we changed the open studio to the exclusive studio. So now only Facebook or sorry. Only uh, Kickstarter backers now have access to the exclusive studio. So when the, when this page creation and all this stuff is going on, anyone who backed the Kickstarter project can can take part in it. Like like I've uh, I know uh, uh, Jason, I said this on your podcast. There are many times where Sean will post artwork, and I'll be busy doing something else, and other people have seen the artwork for my comic book before me. Uh, uh, other people <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> see the artwork before and i get there and there's already comments on it like oh that looks great and i'm like ah, ah, i agree that looks great but that's like that's my baby you're talking about that's my thing <laughs> you're like i'm the i'm the one that's behind this and i haven't even seen it first exactly it's <laughs> um i'm waiting it, it hasn't gone wrong yet i'm terrified of the day when an argument starts or something where i'm like well this panel needs to be changed and some backer pipes in like, well, actually, Josh, I paid for this page, and I think that panel's just fine. <laughs> I, I That's what it's like no having idea. a producer. Now, that's, now yeah. you have a producer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to handle that. I'm terrified yeah, you're, of it. You're, you're, you're creating crazy. your own red tape. Bingo. <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, but it's fantastic. The, the sharing the process, bringing people in for that is like the – when people pledge to a Kickstarter project, they feel like they own it, which is awesome. That's part of it. That's great. That That's why that system works. Mm -hmm. But to then bring those people in and say, like, just come here and sit at the table with us. Just come, like, join us for this whole process is just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, you got to love the, uh, the the interaction too that that Kickstarter brings because, like, you know, I, I love the fact that you get rewards for for contributing. It's not just that platform where it's like, oh, just give us money to do this because we say it's going to be awesome. You know, you get things out of it, and you bring in more people to help you with those rewards too, which is really sweet. And I mean, you're like, it, it's it's back like we were talking about with Pokemon Go. You're building community. It's all that community based oh, yeah. stuff that really helps everything. I always feel like people take so so much pride when they do, you know, Kickstarter. They're like, yeah. I helped Kickstart this. This thing exists because I helped make it exist. Yeah, there is a good sense of pride, too, especially when the project is really awesome, really takes off. Some of them even change lives, you know, and, and, and that's the best part. Yeah. You were a part of that. Everybody was a part of that. It's, 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 and it's, it's a, a, it's cool a great thing. little thing, but often they put your name right in the book. You'll, you'll get a whole page now dedicated to the backers, and they'll yep. be like, whatever, 30 or 40 people's names 
they're under the thank yous and that's that's a fun little thing to people see people love you know? that it's it's now they yeah. were a part of it look they're in there like the only way you're going to get your name in a movie or any of them things is if you're in it but guess what now you get a thank you because you helped make it happen and I am this is this is Josh piping in here. Hi, I Josh. am fully mercenary <laughs> about it. I'm fully like I want money. I want my project. I want people to help me. But it's also that emotion is real. Yeah, like it's not. It's yes. On one hand, I'm manipulating people into giving me money to do the thing I want to do. That's what I'm doing. I, I want money to do the thing that I enjoy. I think so, manipulation's a harsh No, no, term. no, no, no. He just exposed himself as the man behind the curtain and the, the deep, dark not, secret that is Kickstarter. It's not trickery. I'm not tricking people, but I am manipulating. I right, am right. I am using the skills that I have to get people to perform behaviors that I want them to perform. That's what I'm doing. But also, that emotional impact of... The feeling of I am a part of this thing that that is happening, that's real. That is legit. I've donated to like public radio and things like that. And as soon as you do that, as okay, in the past when I've donated to public radio, when they start to do the the really annoying uh, um, uh, pledge drives, once oh, you're on yeah. board, as soon as you've given, but as soon as right, you go, oh yeah, because that's annoying, right? The pledge drive is annoying. Mm-hmm. As soon as you give five dollars to that campaign all of a sudden the pledge drive is exciting and you're like yeah dudes give pay give money oh now now it's everybody join me on this pledge drive i'm i'm sorry yeah. i went off the rails there no it's okay yeah, I, like no, I, you just, you just sense. yeah and you, you really gave me an awesome visual of like if that's how things were done now where you have the independent comic creator who just goes on Facebook Live and he's got a room full of people on dial tone phones and just <laughs> waiting for all these people to call in and pledge their money when you're just sitting there just, you know, trying to promote the trying to promote everything that you're doing. Like, oh, yeah, call in. We got a room full of 15 people here waiting for your call to pledge to our awesome project. Kickstarter was like, yeah, that idea sucks. We got a way better. You know one. what? Yeah. <laughs> you just gave me an awesome idea, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Someone should do a Kickstarter in in PBS style. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's like where all the rewards are like mugs and tote bags and like that kind of shit. Uh, and like the, the company logo looks oh. all blocky in eighties, and then just like the, the video is like two guys in like suits or whatever trying to. Oh, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then with like little PBS guest stars, like we're here with the you know the stars of uh, that dude that used to that tap one? dance, Gregory Hines. <laughs> <laughs> We're here in the conductor of the Detroit from like the local kids show. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just imagining like the uh, top tier prize is going to be a tote bag with the book of the month in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their book. Their book. Yes. (laughs) Like, order now. If you pledge $30, you'll get salvagers in this handy dandy salvagers themed tote bag. (laughs) Salvagers hand soap. You call the next five minutes, we will throw in our little decal. <laughs> but Taking notes. I, I mean, see? I this, is, this is happening. This does bring a Salvager's good point. soap. I like Salvager's it. Salvager's soap. 
It's like you, like, you know, it's you could be dirty. like, it's dirty. yeah, you'd be like after a hard day's work, and like when you're Basically, dirty, it's just it's just a bar of lava. It's a bar of lava, yeah. It's such as salvagers. It's like when you're out, sell, you know, fucking salvaging space parts all day. You need something that cleans your hand like a man. Salvager yeah, soap. <laughs> this is gonna happen now. You have this, no idea. I'm not gonna make it happen. People are gonna start getting salvager soap. I still have the Jimmy. You got you got a gift for me, right? And I I, I have that. Uh, I, I now stamp all my 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 all the shipments I do. I, sh- I stamp it with Merle Logistics. Yes, uh, any, like anything to make the illusion of the world re- like more real. Be real. So oh yeah, I will definitely. Yeah, I, I will definitely do some soap, <laughs> and you will definitely see somebody washing themselves with soap. I'll do it uh, in the. Comments. I'll do. The, I'll do the promo video of washing myself with the soap. <laughs> I'll get weird with it, dude. I'll be in the shower. Like we'll make it fun. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at it. it's still on my shelf. But I remember it was back when Fight Club came out. Uh, on DVD the oh, first yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they gave out little promotional soaps yep. that said Fight Club on them. I still got the, I'm looking at it right now. It's a pink bar of soap wrapped up in awesome. plastic. And it's kind of fading because it's been sitting there turning white for however many years. <laughs> but that was a cool idea. You no, know, that's, uh, that, that, that brings up the next topic too. And, and Bob, I'm, I'm glad you brought up how, you know, you, you stamped the letters. And, and thank you, by the way. Thank you. I want to thank you publicly for, uh, for the gift you sent, which was awesome. Bob, uh, sent me a Merrill Logistics shirt. Uh, which I love and awesome. Yes, it's super fucking cool. And you know, it, like like you said, anything to create the illusion that the world you're creating is real. You know, like like stamping Merrill Logistics on all of the envelopes and and just going that extra step to where like this is this is a legit thing. I mean, it's like that's like when you're a kid and you get the uh, you know you, you join the fan club and you get your little sweet membership card and all that other shit and and the and the the actual box comes stamped with like like I remember when I was a kid and I joined the Power Rangers fan club like it was the command center box and and it, everything just huh. made that uh-huh. seem that much more genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's smart. So when it comes to marketing yourselves and and I'll, I'll ask you Josh when it comes to marketing yourself uh, for for your for your um, project what are the things that you find really kind of set yourself apart from the rest uh, my main marketing strategy um, is to legitimately connect with every single person I can mm-hmm. bring in that um, personal connection if if, if I'm online and somebody asks me for help on something, I will send them files. I will send I, – I just – I want every person to think, oh, yeah, I bet that Josh guy. He's pretty cool. I'm going to check out his comment. Mm-hmm. Every person – there have been uh, – um, my, my big thing is conventions. Every convention I can do, I do, and I talk to everybody. I try to draw in everybody in every way I can. I Your voice my- is always the worst at the end of a con that you're at, that I've seen you at. I think that's only like two cons, but your Dude, voice is so trashed by the end of the weekend, man. I'm surprised I have not yet spit up blood. <laughs> I know I know what you're talking about, dude. I remember talking to you at Detroit and in a, a, a loud bar and just thinking like, I want to talk to Jimmy, but I have to raise my voice to do it, to talk over the music. And I was like, I'm yeah. I'm hurting <laughs> like it's physical pain to talk, but it's to me I can't not do it. I can't not connect to that person because that's what it, that 
that's what it is. That's that's where the business is happening. That's what that's how I'm making my that's how I'm doing this. I'm making every single connection I can. And I've had times when I've talked to somebody for five or ten minutes and we're talking about something anything other than the comic. Mm-hmm. Just whatever this person wants to talk about. And then all of a sudden I make a sale or I don't. And I don't know, maybe I'll see that person a year from now and I'll make a sale or whatever. It's I, it's all this drop in the bucket stuff. It's like social media, but in person. It's yeah. just I'm meeting this person, drop in the bucket, drop in the bucket, drop in the bucket. And that I and I'm hoping that it'll come back. Well, you can tell you really thought about that, too, because even when we like we really first met at C2E2. And we were like, uh, you, you know, you pulled out your card and it was like, I'm th- I think on the back of it, it says like, uh, you met Josh Dahl and we talked about blank and you have a space on the back of your card to fill in. And you wrote on mine, Vistaprint, because we had the same card uh, case. We had the same cards almost, you know, as far as like where we got it. But we're like, oh, your cards are nice. Where'd you get yours? Vistaprint. Vistaprint. I got mine too. And then you pulled out your card and you're like, what did we talk about? Vistaprint. That way we won't forget. <laughs> yes. And then, then I think when I saw you I at Philly, we brought that back up. We were like, "Oh yeah, Vistaprint." <laughs> and now, uh, and now, now, yeah, and now, now, <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Josh, Josh, was C two E two the first time you and I met? Uh, I feel like it wasn't. Was it? It must, unless you made it out to the East Coast. No, so I guess I, I don't know. I feel like I'd met you before C two E two, but I've seen you at Philly. C two E two and Motor City. I feel yeah, like Motor it's, City was pretty cool. I like. I feel City. like it's more. I did. That's that's totally weird because I met you and Bob both for the first time at C two E two. I guess then. Good times. Good <laughs> times. Yeah, completely just went off the rails there. So. Oh, dude, that's okay. This show is all about going off the rails. Uh, I got actually, really high I, again at that break there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, uh, blah, I'm drawing a blank here. Fuck yeah, this is good podcasting. um what are some of the uh all right now so you guys you got your projects going you you've 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 you found your inspiration things are moving forward now what is the next step for you guys and 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 how to to bring people to your projects well i mean um I mean, I guess the next step is you got to create it. You got to find an artist and you got to find a team. Uh, you got to make it uh, visual. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I know Josh and I both are the the writers. So, you know, you, you know, now you have to make it a visual media. Like now you have to make people, make it come to life and make people like visually see it and want to see more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm working on uh, shelter division with um, uh, source point press and I went with the, I went to them. I had six pages completed and I gave uh, Travis McIntyre the synopsis, and I couldn't. I probably wouldn't have sold it to him without having those first six pages of art done. Now that's you know that's that step. But let's go back a step. And I had to find an artist that I felt fit the script, and uh, and I and I did. I worked with a bunch of artists before I found Francisco Tomaselli out of uh, Italy, and I had artists do sample pages and it, it wasn't i mean i got some really nice artwork back but uh it wasn't that they weren't good enough for it it's just that i felt like this had a certain feel for it and, and once i found francisco uh, it was uh, it was perfect 
And I was able to take that. And it was like almost like his art, like breathed the life into my script as I wanted it to be seen. And now that's going to draw more people in, obviously. Uh, the, The problem, the reason why writers have such a problem uh, in this industry is, you know, we can't sit there and take a snapshot of our script and post it on mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram, or people aren't going to be like, wow, you know, like that looks awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. you need, you need the visual, you know, you need that, you need those panels, you need the concept art. So, um, I mean, that's the, that's the big part. So- uh, and that's where you make or break your project because if you, you know, if you go uh, in a direction where it's, you know, the artwork doesn't fit what you're doing. Um, you know, you, you might, it might fall flat. Uh, and that's, you know, that's where it all begins, I believe. So how do you find the balance from writing dialogue to splitting it up in panels? Because like, I mean, you, you, it's almost like these, you know, when you're reading a comic book, you're getting, you're getting the actual dialogue, but a lot of that is, is, made profound by the image that accompanies the dialogue. So, I mean, as far, like, I, I, I guess I'm trying to say the comparisons between, you know, writing a book versus writing a comic book where you actually have illustrations to accompany your words. How do you limit your dialogue or expand your dialogue to go with the pictures of the book? Well, my dialogue always changes. Um, I When I write the script, I have a general idea of what I want to be said in those pages or on those panels. But by the time the pages are done, um, I go back and I edit the dialogue to make it fit better. Um, you know, to make it more authentic. And but I but I already know exactly. Like I already know, like okay, in this panel, I want them to be talking about you know the computer device that's in the room. Uh, but I also you know, want the you know the back dialogue to be talking about the relationship between two characters. Uh, you know, for you know one character leaving food in the fridge, or you know things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and it, and it's a it's usually the dialogue when I first write the script is shit, uh, <laughs> just because I want to get the general dialogue down. Like I, this is what I want them to be talking about. But then once I go through the edits. Um, I realize I'm like, this is like, nobody would talk like this. And then you kind of, you know, you, you mold it to fit the characters and to make it more authentic. Right on. For me, this is Josh. Uh, Josh. Here. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, uh, when I'm working on the dialogue in a scene, it's always that there's sort of a, um, traditional wisdom and screenwriting and things like that. With if, uh, if the scene is about what the scene is about, you're in trouble. So I always make sure that there's something else going on. If if I write a scene about, say, two comic book writers on a podcast and I'm trying to figure out what the dialogue is going to be, it's not just going to be a certain writer expressing himself and saying, this is how I think writing should be done. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the there's a power dynamic of – who this writer is trying to impress and how and who has been, uh, um, you know, I don't know what. Okay, so if I was writing this scene, I would work something into the backstory of like we tried to do this last weekend and it didn't work. So I'd work in some story about like where this writer, Josh, like feels betrayed. And now I have to like <laughs> step up and really overexert myself or, or, or no, Betty, yeah, I'll do a power play and try to manipulate the host of the show. And I'll say something like uh, Jason – you were at my uh, uh, Write Better Comics panel at Motor City Con, so you already know 
how I think about writing panels and writing scripts and writing stories. And thereby sort of one name drop my thing, bring up my other thing like that and make a little power play to control the podcast. And I, I, I'm making a little bit of a joke right now, but that is how I think about script writing. If, if all this was about was me just expressing like, well, I turn on my computer and open my script writing program and type the keys, that's boring as hell. Yeah. If there's not a power dynamic back and forth, if there's not me trying to impress Jimmy and me trying to impress Bob and sort of like read into Bob's reaction, like, wait, was he impressed by that? Or does he think I'm a dick? Or am I, am I controlling this? Like, then it's fucking boring, right? That power dynamic, that back and forth, is what makes it exciting. And if that's not there, I'll just skip to the next scene where that is there. Okay. You get me? Yeah, yeah, I'm following you. I'm following you. Jay, do you got anything you want to comment? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you what I will tell you one thing cuz I've I have interviewed a fuck ton of comic book writers at this point. And and now and when in comic book writers fuck ton, that's about four or five comic book writers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking We tend to be heavy. We tend to be heavy. I'll say that. We're talking at least 100 plus. So, you know, I've I've heard all sorts of stories, all sorts of styles and that's kind of what it comes down to I think from what I've heard and learned is Everybody, there's lots of ways to do it, but you got to find what fits for you. You got to find your style, your technique, the way that your ideas can most easily and efficiently flow into a real thing. And that's one of been that's been one of the fascinating things about talking to so many creators is, you know, you hear some things you hear every time. How you got to dig, how you got to sacrifice, how you got to do this or that, or what everybody's given up to chase their dreams. That's mm-hmm. a pretty continued thread but then there's the the details of how you know i know certain comic book writers like like josh just explained he likes to jump to kind of the moments where he can add some tension or find something more interesting for him and like I know taking over guys, the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just you know explaining that you know he's looking for what's you know gonna spark something in him out of that moment and i know other guys who literally will draw boxes I know writers who will storyboard their comic and they will literally write the whole thing in the bubbles as they go. And it's just as good as whatever else I may read on the subject, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's 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 ways to do it, but then there are blocks, there's foundations that a, that a lot of writers use and, you know, that's why guys like Josh, like your your make better comics dot or make comics better. Make better comics.com. Make better comics.com is Josh isn't telling you how to write a comic he's giving you a foundation on which to grow your own technique to do it in a way like yeah he explains like if you see his panels he explains how he does it but there's a there's a structure that then leads to non-structure do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Ooh, that's fascinating yes yeah and that's that's often how it goes you have to have a base and once you've got that base that's when you can start to go a little willy-nilly that's when you can start to get really creative with things like i have a feeling that bob did something that dirk manning once challenged me to do and i had this really cool idea for star wars fan fiction and it's still in my head it's it's a really cool idea it only kind of fits the legends but anyways that's that's for another podcast does it involve boba fett 
No. Oh, damn. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a story I always wanted to do. And on a podcast once, Dirk challenged me to take that plot, that story idea in my head, but take the Star Wars out of it and replace that with some ideas of my own and see what I could come up with. Mm-hmm. And I never got around to doing this because I'm not a writer and I don't fucking write. <laughs> but if I were to, that may be something I might consider. How, how off am I on that, uh, Rob? Because I know, Bob, you're a huge Star Wars fan yeah. and Salvagers, obviously, you know, kind of a space epic. Did that was that the same kind of deal that you went through or? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that's pretty spot on. I mean, I, I conceptualized this while I was watching Star Wars, kind of thinking who was going to be the who are the people that were going to have to clean up the Death Star after it blew up? Because, you know, you'd figure there'd have to be so much uh, money in, in the junk that's flying around there. Oh, for but, sure. You know. You know, like anything, you're like, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to present this to George Lucas and, you know, create a whole side story for Sal- uh, for Star Wars. Um, and I, I always selfishly kind of wanted to make up my own universe and have my own aliens and have my own governments and all that kind of stuff in there. So, um, you know, I, I, I did. I, I kind of made it up for like you just said, like kind of taking it and putting it in the star Wars universe, but then sucking all the star Wars out of it and being like, this is my own thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's pretty spot on. You did a great job of it too, because everybody, and I, I'm, I'm not just speaking for myself, but everybody, especially if they're a star Wars fan really, really needed to know who provided Tashi station with the power converters. And yeah. you've, you've answered it with salvagers. Exactly. Well, uh, Bob, I think I told you about this uh, at C2E2. There's an artist here, a uh, creator in Toronto. His name's Jason Liu. Yep. And he did a fun little thing uh, called Lou Harvest, yep. a takeoff on Blue Harvest, where he did a bunch of stories and stuff. I haven't read it myself. I may be a little off, but I know this is the concept, is that he did a bunch of stuff on kind of the background figures of Star Wars. Just like the people hanging out in the cantina or in the Death Star cafeteria or that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we. You know what? And I, I I remember we talked about it at C2E2, and I'm and I'm just thinking now. I'm like, I wish I. I remember thinking when we talked about it that I wanted to read it, uh, and I, I'm thinking that same thing right now that I want to. I'll, read I'll it. remember. I'm going to write it down right now because you and I are going to chat soon. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like when I when I did Salvagers, when, uh, my my base of uh, operation for writing was always writing prose, and it was uh, you know writing ordinary life people, but trying to you know make it interesting. And um, you know we all everybody has something that they're doing that if it's written well, if it's written right, it's an interesting story. So when I started to write comic book, I wanted to do the same thing, but um, kind of have ordinary in extraordinary world um so that's why these characters are just blue collar everyday workers um they're not you know they're not rebels they're not explorers they're just you know they're they're a cleanup crew out in space and uh, and they all have their own issues and they have their own demons um and you know i took a piece of my own work life and put it in there with uh, the interactions between characters on this ship that you have to work with every day and you know you might you have to work with them you don't get to pick who you get to work with a lot of times but uh you know you you have to get along and you have to you know work together to complete the job whether you like each other or not uh but part of what i want i always like to write was that back back of the 
you know, like the back uh, back of the house, you know, like the things that you don't see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, not the not the like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, but um, what's going on in the background, um, you know. So, and I know Kevin Smith ended up writing uh, a story where it was all the workers on the Death Star, mm-hmm. which is brilliant, you know, and it, and it does it makes you, it, it, I think it brings you closer to the story where you can see like people doing things that you yourself do. Uh, you know, Jimmy, you and I talked the last time I was on your show, how, you know, you're, you're blue collar, you're a welder. What that's what these characters are. Yeah. Uh, they might not be welders, but you know, they are demo, a demolition collar. guy. There's yeah. yeah, they're blue collar. And, uh, they're not the guys that are a part of the main story that's going on in this galaxy. They're just, you know, we're just seeing a little part of you know, their life. It just happens to be like what they're doing. They're getting kind of wrapped up into something that could eventually be big. Right. Uh, I, I, we're coming to, uh, kind of the end of the show, but before we, uh, do that, I really want to touch back on what, uh, Josh was talking about, about how, you know, giving advice, um, and, and especially, and, and you, Bob too, like how you, uh, you know, you start your Facebook live videos and, and you really give advice to, uh, you know, up and coming creators or people that have the idea on how to get going and how to get started. You know, that in itself is another great marketing tool because you're somebody that is, has achieved a level per se that that a lot of these guys you know some of them can't even dream of, of actually getting their book published and getting it out there and it's just something that they want to do you know when, when you're someone that has done something like this and even in podcasting when you give back to the community that you know helps you in the first place like that that comes back to you tenfold like you know and, and it's not just as a like okay i'm going to get this land then i'm going to give back and then i'm going to get it more popular you know you're doing it for the the love of the actual craft itself and and you know you're saving a lot you know because you've gone through stuff and and you've taken the long way around trying to figure this out and you're saving all these people you know you're you're showing them the shortcuts and like i've already suffered through this you don't have to because i'm telling you this fucking pro tip yeah, I mean, that's why I started doing them, because I just thought about the things that I would have loved to have known <laughs> going into the business, you know. Um, so I just kind of when I when I do the Facebook lives, I'm not really good on Facebook live. Like I'm not like the when I put a, put a camera in my face like I I need direction. And half the time I have notes spread out uh, on the desk or on the wall behind me because I, uh, I don't want to just ramble on about stuff because I feel like that's what I'm very easily going off on tangents. But, you know, so I, I wanted to put work into it, which putting that work into it, uh, it kind of made me go back and, you know, learn the things that I forgot when I first came into this. And but, yeah, I mean, mainly those videos where it's like you said, like a guideline for people who are like are saying, like, OK, I have an idea. Um, what am I going to do next? Uh, and hopefully they watch my video and they say, okay, even if it's just as simple as, okay, I need to find an artist and I can find an artist on Facebook. That's step one, you know, and if they, if it puts them in the right direction, it took me 10 years to go from concept to print. Uh, so hopefully my, my videos are, I'm hoping that I can shorten that time for people that watch it and that have a good idea. Joshua, what's your opinion on, on the, the giving back to the community? Um, I love to do it. It's yeah. Like Bob said, it's, uh, it's really hard to make comics. And I mean, my way of doing it is 
I make three or four mistakes and then figure out how to do it right and then start doing it right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I can save someone else those few mistakes, that's I, I'm. It's like my duty to do that, but it's also, you know, selfishly. Then that person thinks of me as, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. Exactly. And oh, I better buy his comics. Um, I just this uh, this week, I guess this past Wednesday started teaching my first uh, writing comics class here in Boston, Mm -hmm. and it's really, really cool. It's really fun to sit in a room full of adults who are looking at me like, show us how to write comics, and it's it's just fantastic. Jay, do you have any uh, anything to comment as far as uh, giving back to the podcast world? Giving back to the podcast world, well, it all comes down to what Josh said about meeting and being out there and socializing. You know, it's uh, that's how that's how you get the tight ones. You know, like and panels. I love uh, doing panels. the panel every yes. year. That's why you exist, right? That's I mean, exactly why I exist. You know, so when you see that happen, it's 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 bloody amazing because it's you feel bad as a podcaster sometimes when. You're a comic book podcaster to a certain extent because you see these people and you're giving them a platform and they're working so hard. But all we do is talk, man. Like, you know, yeah, like, we just talk. That's true. <laughs> Literally, you just got to hit the button, hit record and off you go. It's not the it's not exactly rocket science. To, no, no, to no, those no, 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 no. And, and I'm not just situation. I'm not just kissing your butt here, but. There are shitty podcasts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> right? and there so, are shitty comics. Too, you're you're right? you're, on, you're on one, literally. You're you're on <laughs> one right now. But you know what I mean. It's it's hard to pin down exactly what it is. And again, Jason, you know what I'm talking about with that cargo cult thing, where it's like you oh, think you're going to the cargo cult again. <laughs> you turn on the microphone and it just works, but it doesn't. Right? There are actual skills and techniques that you learn. Like Absolutely, Jimmy yes. has been guiding this conversation by bringing up different questions. I cringe when I listen to podcasts where somebody's like, "So, um, by that- the way, uh- well, that yeah, definitely. There's some are better at it <laughs> than others, but I think the beautiful thing about podcasting, it's a little different from comics, is anybody can do it. You know, it's so relatively well. No, but it's so relatively cheap and it's so relatively easy to do that at least anybody can kind of experience the fun of it. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I've learned a lot over the years and uh, you you definitely gain skills and techniques. Absolutely. You know, and everybody's got different styles, just like we were talking about your writing. Like, you know, some people are I know some people are just brilliant interviewers and they set up their interview. They set up their questions where they want to lead it, what they want to get out of it. And then there's guys like me who, who are just curious as fuck and have I, I have no problem with the questions just keep popping into my head i can just keep firing them off because i just happen to be naturally curious and verbose so you know those things go well together you know and you know jimmy's finding the same thing some people are just kind of made to do it but as far as giving back it's that's the reason i partly started the points of interest podcast network was to be able to help others and you know we've got a lot of people who started shows on that network who were very introverted very socially awkward uh you know i'll cite uh, i'll cite heroes and coffee which is one of our shows hosted by dinnernet phoenix and uh phoenix uh you know she was very shy very introverted very quiet girl 
You know, she was big on social media. That's where she learned to connect with people. You know, she didn't have to talk to them face to face, made things a little more comfortable. So she started to try podcasting. And a couple years later, I can't shut this girl up. <laughs> this girl's putting out multiple episodes per week at times. Yep. She's got a huge following. When you meet her now, it's nothing but smiles. And this has all come from podcasting. Oh, that's and great. It's 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 one of my proudest stories about podcasting is, you know, being able to help these friends of mine find their voices. You know, whether you find your voice through comics, whether you find it for music, whether you find it literally through using your voice, it's 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 an amazing journey for anyone. You know, and I'm I'm proud to help. Absolutely. Well, I like to go back to the analogy that when you are creating something, okay, if you say you're you're a podcaster, you're a comic creator, you're a stand up comedian, you're this, you're that. Every, you know, you hearken it all back to it's like riding a bike. Okay, something like everybody can do it. Yes. But some of us ride bikes around the block. Some of us ride bikes in the fucking X Games, okay? And it, oh, it's yeah. that's just yeah. how it goes. You know, it depends on how good you are. You have to have to, you know, there's got to be some natural talent. There's going to have to be some natural drive and natural want. And even if there isn't, I believe drive can outdo talent because you might not be so good right at the start of something. But if you For are sure. committed and driven, you will get good and you will be at that talent. Like hard work beats talent. Every time, I think you should. There's no question. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the proudest comments I was ever given about my podcast came from Travis McIntyre, and I can't remember if we were actually pod. No, he heard one of my podcasts. I think it was. I may have the story a little off. I'm fuzzy, but uh, I'll never forget what he said because I made a comment about how I don't make comics. I just fucking talk, right? Like if I can give the you know these wonderful creators a platform to help get their work out there, that's I'm proud of that, sure. But I don't make comics. Yeah. And he gave me shit for this, <laughs> and he said, "Do you have any idea how many Kickstarters we've funded that you were there to support? You absolutely yep. make comics." Yep. And I was just like, "That's a pretty damn cool way to look at it." Yeah. And uh, you know, I still feel kind of, you know, I'm still a little hesitant to fully admit or believe that, but. What a nice thing for him to say. It, it made me feel cool, you know? Travis McIntyre is one of those people that speaks pure wisdom. Like, nine <laughs> times out of ten, it's pure wisdom. And I said that to He's him. He's the red wizard, He man. is. At, at the at his signing that he did at Detroit Comics, he told me something about some video to look up. There, and and I, I pulled out my phone right now. I was like, this is something I need to remember. And when I opened up my phone to the notes, I found that I had previous notes from Philadelphia from Travis on the same thing. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are like the only person that I pull my phone out to take notes from. I'm like, I'm like, you're speaking pure wisdom here. <laughs> um, guys, thank you very much for joining me on this show. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we're going to go through one by one. Please uh, promote your stuff where people can find you, social media and things. Uh, Josh, let's go ahead. Let's start with you. Um, best place to start is belowzerocomic.com slash free. Go there and read Rapid City Below Zero issue number one for free and then uh, really fall in love with it and track down the rest of the stuff on every other piece of social media. You guys know how to use Google. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> it is really, really, really good, people. Seriously, Josh can write his fucking ass off and I was fine. I told you this on my show. I told yeah. you that I was reading too fast for the pictures. Wow. Like I so wanted to know where it was going next. Like I wanted to get to the next page that I have to stop myself to enjoy <clears throat> Sean Lang's awesome art. The book in no way doesn't have incredible art, but I was so fixed into the story. I was like, boom, boom, boom. 
I just love how Jason, Josh, like, very much. I just love how you yeah. took control of that too, Josh. He was like, yeah, go ahead, promo, promo your stuff, give your shout outs. He's like, you know how to fucking use Google. You can do that. <laughs> I mean, really, is anyone really, nobody, nobody listens to a podcast, gets to this part, and then types in www.belowzerocomics.com. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. They're just going, what was that just, guy's just name? Just Google oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah Google but it. Messing with the podcast rotation, Josh. This is just <laughs> etiquette, okay? I, I get you. I get etiquette you. Etiquette I'm, I'm paying respect to your listeners by saying they know how to use Google or in Canada, I guess it's Bing or whatever. They know how to do it. No, it's La Google. La Google. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Awesome. Or what is that? What is that in Canada? How do I say my bad in Canadian? They just to uh, say I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Bob, go ahead and uh, promote yourself. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash salvager series. Uh, I'm not on Google, unfortunately. Josh has uh, cornered that market. <laughs> the whole Google <laughs> market. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's if you if you put in salvagers in Facebook, uh, you'll see a little black and white logo. It's probably us. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm having a lot of fun on Instagram at salvager series as well. Twitter, I play around with. I don't. I usually put on the bullshit that I wouldn't put on Facebook on Twitter, just because I feel like it goes yep. away so fast. Yeah. Uh, that's where I get more political and religious. Um, but yeah, uh, Google me, see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jay, go ahead. Uh, first, let me just say that how cool is it that you got Detroit, Boston, and Toronto all sitting here having a conversation right now. That's some top tier original six, right? That's some top. Hey, yeah, absolutely. We got half of the original six sitting right here. That's can't beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, You can. uh, I'm Jay. I host another show on Podcast Detroit. It's called An Elegant Weapon. Uh, So you can find it on Podcast Detroit or at anelegantweapon.ca. Because as you've heard. That's for Canada, bitches. <laughs> and uh, very soon, next week, I'm uh, featuring uh, an individual named Bob Sally. Bam! And uh, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll hear a little bit of salvager discussion, but uh, we're, we're pretty much... we've Bob and I have been put to the challenge that uh, we should have uh, we should be doing a podcast uh, all Star Wars all the time. Yes. Yeah. So I'm we're going to get together, especially with what the all the crazy shit that came out of Celebration this weekend... We have much to discuss, my friend. I've heard there's a new Chewbacca. Oh, there's so much new. There's so much new. All right, guys. Uh, Thank uh, you very much for joining. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Best of luck to all of you. We'll be promoting all of your stuff guaranteed on NinjaStarPot.com and the Facebook. Uh, Until next time, guys, I will see you uh, at, at some con, I'm sure, very soon in the future. Fan Expo is coming. Fan Expo. Yes, Fan Expo. All right, guys. Thanks have a great one. Song, guys. Hey, anytime. Thank you anytime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for this week. Thank you for listening. Send us your questions, comments, all the above by emailing the show, ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Please make sure you check out the website, ninjastarpod.com. Click the awesome links button and show some love to our sponsors. Also, you can check out our merch. Everything you buy through our site directly helps the show and our production costs. So for that, we thank you very much. You can download the Podcast Detroit app to listen live, available on Apple and Android devices. 
If you're just tuning in and you missed a live broadcast, have no fear. Google it, bitch. No, you can subscribe subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or your favorite podcast listening service. The Ninja Starship is a proud member of the Podcast Detroit Network, Points of Interest Podcast Network, Tangent Bound Network, and the Wicked Radio Network. So for everybody listening at home, thank you very much, and that's the show. 